Hi, everyone. Welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper, a gay men's discussion from the Gay Men's Brotherhood. My name is Michael, and today's topic is rejection. The question we're exploring today is how do you deal with rejection? With us, we have Matt, Callan, and Reno. Welcome, boys. So let's just jump right in. Uh, how do you deal with rejection? Reno, let's start with you. So I'm thinking back to when I was quite young and I'm sure many of us can relate to this. I was very much interested in being liked and loved by people. And um, I have this, this early memory of throwing a birthday party and as, as my mom mentions it, I was sort of running around the neighborhood, like knocking on my friends' doors and trying to get them to come and no one had showed up. And in hindsight, it's really interesting. Like I sort of feel for that little guy because, you know, he just really wanted to be liked and, um, you know, and to enjoy the company of others. And, <clears throat> you know, cut to um, more recent years, what I noticed about myself is that I'm less interested in pleasing people or um, being liked by everyone and more interested in being myself. And so as a result of, and, and I would say awareness is the reason for that, um, an expansion in, in awareness and understanding. Um, as a result of that, when I experience rejection, you know, someone not showing up, someone saying no where I might have expected or anticipated a yes, it's, um, it's less of a blow these days, you know? And what I've come to realize is that someone else's no um, is not, um, it doesn't mean anything about me. It's, it's their no, you know, someone's yes and someone's no has, has more to do with them than it has to do with me. And in recognizing that, um, rejection and the blow has has really softened so that's that's been my experience in the past and um, <clears throat> I think it's a really important conversation to be having as well because you know my experience and my perception has also been that a lot of people struggle with rejection and as a result and and the associated fear and thinking and as a result we we live really small you know we 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 live these sort of smaller lives we don't take those risks we don't put ourselves out there we don't um try shit as i as i like to say um and so i think it's really important to to really unpack rejection and how it affects us and um how it shows up and how we can begin to transcend it yeah nice I really like that. Um, I wanted to jump in on that and talk about how um, I understand that there's like now in myself that there's difference of rejection from my perceived understanding of rejection and what rejection actually is and how as individuals we can perceive something as rejection when really it's not rejection and that that's somebody else's stuff. And I've recently learned, very recently, um, with an experience that I had with somebody that they weren't in a similar space that I was. And 
I wanted more and they weren't ready for that, not in a bad sense, but they just weren't in that same similar space. And I used to think and perceive that as rejection, like something is wrong with me. They don't want to be with me. They don't want to um, engage in this kind of relationship with me or, or however that looks. And then I shifted into the space of like, that's them, that's their stuff. And it doesn't belong to me. And that doesn't mean I'm being rejected. It just means that I need to learn how to honor their space and where they are. And that's really helped me in dealing with times that I've been rejected because we've all gone through those situations where your mind specifically was like an ex broke up with me, my first ex. And I perceived it as a massive rejection because there was nothing wrong in the relationship. We didn't have any issues. And it was like a blind side. We'd been together for almost a year. We were coming up on our one year anniversary and it was completely blindsided. So then my energy that got created in me was that I get rejected regardless if I'm being myself or anything else. And just being myself means that I'm going to get rejected because there was no outside problems. And the learning lesson of being able to go, no, it's not me. I'm not being rejected. It is somebody else living their truth and going through their journey. And I can choose to have love and compassion and to approach things from that energy in that space of love and compassion <clears throat> has completely shifted. Like it blew my mind the day that I had this epiphany of like, I can just love somebody regardless of what they're giving me in return because I want to, because it makes me feel good. Not because I want something back from them, not because I expect to have something in return, not for a self, but for a good selfish reason of, I feel good when I express emotion and love to you. And that's on me. And if you reject that, then that's on you. It has nothing to do with me. And that's just part of the journey that, we're going to go through at this moment. But mm. if you can approach those situations from love and compassion, <clears throat> holy man, it completely changed my world. Mm. Yeah. I, I, um, I'll share, I'll share my experience with, uh, with rejection and actually kind of what I chum it up to is my, my whole life, a big a theme in my life has been me not feeling like I belong. And I think it stems from when I was younger, my parents divorced when I was about seven or eight. And I immediately started to feel like I didn't belong to my family. I was an empath as a child, so I didn't feel like I belonged uh, even within my family system in that sense, because I didn't really feel like anyone ever got me and understood me. Um, my very first traumatic experience with not belonging or, or experiencing rejection was actually when I was in around um, in middle school when I um, there was I was with this group of guys that we, I used to hang out with and there was probably like you know six or seven of us and every it seemed like every month we would choose somebody to outcast and that person would therefore then be the outsider of the group and it was always like I was always fearful of it becoming my turn to be outcasted and then finally it came to my turn and everybody started to reject me and not like me and that was my very first actual um, like visceral experience of rejection like feeling it so deeply in my body and um, so then that kind of carries forth into um, me experiencing myself in, in my in my sexuality and and what it meant to be gay and I immediately started to develop this mechanism where I started to kind of split myself into two and and I started to move further and further away from my authenticity and 
closer and closer to the person that I thought everybody wanted me to be to, to, to fit in. And my main primary goal in life became fitting in. And it was about fitting in. It to me means like you, you're basically moving yourself and, and molding yourself into being who other people want you to be. And belonging to me represents being able to show up and be authentic and be accepted exactly for who you are. So <clears throat> I carried that, um, that into my, you know, into the gay community. And I had a lot of walls, a lot of masks that I, that I wore because I was afraid of rejection. That's really what all this, this work that I do in the community is, is really around um, my own fears of rejection. And so I can, I can relate um, very, very strongly to people that are, that are still struggling with this. Um, but what, what ended up happening was um, growing up, I didn't experience a lot of rejection in the gay community. Actually, I experienced a lot of adoration in the gay community. And what that did was it taught me how to use my looks, my sex appeal, all these things to get validation. And very, very quickly, I became addicted to, to external validation. And that took me further and further away from actually belonging to myself because I would, I would be using these kind of superficial things to try and get people to like me. Um, and it was probably like maybe three or four years ago, I started to kind of have an epiphany around all this stuff. And I'm like, this is not who I want to be anymore. I don't want to be posting um, thirsty pictures on, on Instagram to try and get attention and validation. I wanted to learn how to cultivate this from within. And it went through this period of like having to learn how to be vulnerable and put myself out there so I could deal with potentially being rejected. And so my rejection doesn't come from like from people per se about like dating and stuff because I've always been the type of person that people pursue and I don't put myself out there and pursue people probably because of fear of rejection. But how I have experienced rejection for myself in a, in a very deep way is, is being extremely vulnerable in my intimate relationships with my, um, my exes. And finally finding a guy that I feel safe and comfortable with and I give him my all and my everything. And he is scared and doesn't know how to show up. And uh, for a very long time, I was a very codependent, anxious lover. And I wanted people to reflect back to me um, that I'm okay, right? And when these partners didn't do this because I think the universe was giving me exactly what I needed, maybe not what I wanted. Um, that pain was so, so deep for me. Like it, it just broke me completely open because I'm like, you know, why is it that, you know, I can give you my everything and you can't accept that and love me. So my rejection is, is, is it comes from, from these types of relationships and it's um, it still actually triggers me to this day when I think about, um, dating somebody who can't love me at the same pace that I love because immediately I take that as rejection if they're not able to show up in the way that I want them to. So where I'm at right now is I'm like relearning how to love at a pace that works for me and honor that, but also know that love is not about possession. It's not about control. It's not about shaping how somebody else, uh, how you need somebody else to love you. Um, it's about loving selflessly. So I'm kind of learning how to do that while still setting boundaries and saying, these are my values, these are what make me feel good in a relationship. So it's like you're walking this fine line and you're, you're moving between the two worlds. And this is the skill that I'm learning right now. So, yeah. Nice. Matt, I, I echo your story with respect to the gay community because I am a recovering people pleaser, control freak perfectionist. Yeah. And um, when I lived 
those those types of people are deeply afraid of rejection and so a people pleaser will seek that approval so they don't have to get rejected and a perfectionist tries to make sure everything around them is perfect so that they avoid rejection and then what happened for me is i never had an issue or i didn't have as much of an issue with rejection in the gay community until the one person that i fell in love with withdrew his love for me and then i was left thinking oh my gosh i just gave all of my power to him in that validation and without it i was i went into a tailspin and so out of that sort of out of those ashes i began to really think about what is you know people always perceive me as being very confident with my sexuality and all that good stuff but i'm like i'm actually deeply insecure and i started to learn you know what true self-confidence was and and the the correlation between self-confidence and rejection is that you have to be willing to be rejected. That's where your real self-confidence comes from. Wow. Oh, yeah. I love that statement. Yeah, you have to be willing to be rejected. Um, It makes me think of, you know, leading up to this conversation, I was reflecting on the nature of rejection. and, um, And one of the things that came up for me was, so when you look at um, like fitness, which, you know, Matt, I know you're familiar with, and, uh, and, and this idea that when we're, when we're building up strength, and we're building up the body, what we're doing is we're creating micro tears in the muscle tissue, and it's repairing itself, and it's expanding. And I was, I I often like to look at, um, you know, like, uh, analogies, I love, I love using analogies and metaphors to sort of describe and connect things. And um, when I look at rejection these days, Um, It's something I see as very valuable, you know, we're creating sort of these or experiencing these sort of micro traumas or micro tears, right, Um, intrinsically. And what's happening over time is that we are uh, building a a sort of um, comfort with that discomfort, a familiarity with that expansion. And as a result, over time, as I mentioned earlier, the blows are, are less of a blow, you know? Um, and it almost, I think at some point, becomes this, this game in a way, um, at least in my experience, I've sort of gamified this idea of like trying things or putting myself out there or asking and receiving those no's. Um, and especially if you're running your own business, for example, mm-hmm. uh, you're getting those all the time, you know, you're reaching out to clients and, or prospective clients and having conversations with them and, you know, and, um, and dealing with objections. And so, uh, yeah, it's, I've experienced a lot of rejection in that regard, even having worked in uh, telemarketing, I, you know, I would, (laughs) a simple, you know, click, someone hangs up the phone to um, someone cussing at me before they hang up, right? So I've sort of dealt with the whole gamut. And then in terms of relationships as well, of course, there, you know, you sort of put yourself out there, you go on a date, you ask someone out. Um, and then you, you know, you get that, that, that no. Um, <clears throat> but what I've seen happen over time is, you know, to speak to, to what you had said, Michael, about, you know, self-confidence. Um, those, yeah, those little micro tears, those little micro traumas, so to speak. Um, have definitely created a really uh, grounded and um, un- <clears throat> unshakable sort of inner 
self-confidence when it comes to dealing with rejection and also a relationship to the, the associated feelings. So these days, if I'm rejected, I don't, I don't make it mean more than it ought to, which is they've simply said no, where I might've been anticipating or expecting yes. And I can decide what I want to make that mean and the stories that I want to create around their no or their yes, for that matter. Um, and, and recognizing that has, has made dealing with it a lot easier. And then also, you know, the feelings that come up when someone says no. So I'm not suddenly immune to the, the sort of grief that comes with rejection. It's that I understand it now. I have a relationship to it that allows me to hold it and appreciate it and, 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 and see it as a sacred experience, right? And a growing experience. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 um, I still feel sad, you know, I still feel anxious when I'm stepping up to, to deliver the ask, you know, the offer, uh, that doesn't change necessarily, but, um, but what does is my relationship to the whole experience and it's less defeating, it's less discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that. I really like what you were saying about how it's like the micro tears and it's, it's building up that muscle memory of like, okay, um, I, you need to try something new and you need to keep doing it to build up that muscle. So it's like, if you've been rejected in the past, then, you know, and you're living in this fear bubble of like, oh, well, if I do this, I'm going to get rejected. Or there's the fear of possibly getting rejected. Okay, well, then I'm not, I'm just going to not do that anymore. But the only way to get past that is you have to move through it is to do, you know, little micro buildups of like, okay, well, I'll do it. And if I get rejected, then I'll just sit with it and I'll feel it and I'll let it be okay. And then I'll just try it again and try it again. And you have to go through it and process it over and over to build up that muscle. You're not going to get, you know, a giant like arms if you're not actively using them and working on them. You have to actively work on them and take care of them and, you know, put in the right energy and the right effort in order for that to build. And that's the same thing with going through anything in life that you feel like, okay, there's a potential that I'm going to get rejected here. But, you know, there's the one aspect of, is it true rejection or is it just me perceiving it as rejection? And then there's the other part of like, well, I'm not going to get better at this if I don't try. Um, myself, I struggled and still do struggle a lot with um, perceived rejection of I'm not perfect at something, so I'm not going to do it. And even just like, I've talked to Michael and Matt about this before is video for me has been the hardest struggle. And mm. I know it's something that I need to do and I need to step up to, and I could do podcasting. I can do anything that I'm not visible that maybe I can perfect, like I can edit it and make it sound better. But when you do like a live video type thing like this, there's no hiding and it brings out these big giant nerves in me and I get nervous and I don't even know why. But I also know that I need to build up that um, muscle memory in order to do it. Eventually, I'll get to a place where I can do this absolutely no problem because I will have spent the conscious time and the conscious effort in building that up. 
it's it's not just going at it you know free willy-nilly it's consciously making a choice to make that decision to work on yourself and to work through that and also building a support group of amazing people like yourself reno matt and michael it's like you're my security blanket going through this i'm not going through it alone and a lot of my past has been i need to do it myself i need to do it alone because i came from a family that like matt a divorced family i very much raised myself a lot of the time i was alone a lot of the time i had to do everything by myself i moved out very young and i've you know taken care of everything myself forever and i'm now at a stage in my life where i'm tired of that <laughs> i'm freaking tired of doing it by myself and i'm starting to learn that if i don't take the chance to try and trust people and to try and work through those issues and the perceived rejections i could possibly get from that if i don't build that muscle memory i'm not going to move forward and so the only way to do it is actually to experience it and go through it now don't just go out there and do it with anybody or anything but find that safe group of people and that's why i'm so happy that the brotherhood has come around because it's providing that safe space for people to come together who have those similar thoughts who want to work through a lot of this stuff and to be able to talk about it in a safe environment where they can start building up those micro muscle memories in order to get to a place where they can sit with it and be okay with it and move further yeah i like that there's so much continuity as we move through because everything that you're saying is building and then it's perfect as a perfect segue because i wanted to talk about masks and you know, it's interesting. I did a, I did a video series called unmasking shame, and it was all about the masks gay men wear and why we wear these masks. And, you know, a lot of it for me, my number one mask that I wore was perfectionism, right? And we wear these masks to prevent us from having to experience rejection because rejection hits the, the deep shame wounds inside of us and it really triggers them. So we do everything in our world to try and make sure we don't experience these things. And for me, mine was perfectionism, right? I wanted to make sure that everything in my external world was perfect and it appeared perfect. So I had the same fears as you, Callan. I had fears of getting on, on live videos uh, in, in, you know, in case I would make a mistake or saying something. So being live is, it's very nerve wracking for me because I don't have the opportunity to polish it and present it that it's perfect. And you know, a lot of the, the work I've been doing lately on myself is just really learning that vulnerability is such a superpower for all of us because we're we're giving someone the gift of of seeing us for who we really are right and what that does is it gives them that's the gift to show up and be who they are in their in their experience of themselves which is is flawed and imperfect and we all have have these hang-ups right that we're afraid to bring forth so i think as we start to become more aware of these masks and we, we learn how to start to let them go and shed them a little bit. Um, that's where we, we get these opportunities to experience triggers, right? And through those triggers, we can, we can grow and we can evolve. And I always, I, I call it finding the treasure in your trigger because we're looking for the, the little gem that somebody's offering us. When we, when we peel our mask off and we show up and we experience rejection, that's very painful. Right. That's why vulnerability takes so much courage. And what people end up doing is, and I, I see this a lot in the gay community. There's a lot of superficiality. There's a lot of mask wearing because if you get criticized for your mask, you pull it off and you put a new one on and it's easy or easier. It still can be painful because it's our personas are still aspects of our, of our ego and aspects of ourselves. But, um, 
So yeah, for people that are, that are watching this, I, I really encourage you just to practice taking your mask off with people you feel safe with, you know, and, and for us boys, we had this, this little pre-meeting before we did this and we all talked about our anxieties and we breathed together and stuff because we're not perfect either. And we have anxiety about sharing and being vulnerable um, just as much as, as, as you guys watching this. So um, yeah, practice courage over comfort and practice taking your mask off because it'll definitely pay off for sure. And I want to add, um, Matt, I love the use the word opportunity because I find that any time we get rejected, whether it's large or small or perceived or not, it is a fabulous opportunity to practice self-compassion. Amen. And taking care of yourself and knowing that you have your own back and knowing that, hey, you know, at least I tried something that I use, you know, in my business is if I get those no's, like Reno was saying, I get a lot of no's, I'm still proud of myself at the end of the day that I tried. And learning that the rejection does not make me as a person a bad person. It just, it's just a no. And the rest of it is a story I'm telling myself. Mm. I, see, um, <clears throat> I see rejection these days as more of uh, like a sieve, a sieve. Like, and this has been a really big breakthrough for me was beginning to look at rejection um, and, and things associated like the, the masks we wear to, um, you know, to earn the good favor and the good opinion of other people. And what I've come to recognize is that when, when I have an expectation for a yes and I receive a no, um, you know, when I experience rejection, the other thing that I, that I, that I see these days, and it's very clear to me now, is that, and I'm going to go kind of uh, um, meta here for a moment, but if life is this beautifully, perfectly, synchronistically designed uh, sort of um, experience, right? And we can sort of look at nature and the way everything has its place and its function, right? Um, and when left to its own devices, it, it thrives, you know, we, we humans kind of fuck things up if I may be so candid and we're sort of working that out. Right. Um, but you know, if we, if we sort of look at life from that perspective, then, you know, what I've been able to do as a result is to, to recognize that if I'm being rejected by someone, there's a good chance that because that's happening, they weren't meant for me and I wasn't meant for them. And there may be stories tying me to the idea that that was supposed to be the way things were. That's the way things were supposed to happen. And I might have to, you know, step back and reflect on what, where those attachments come from and where all that meaning and that story is coming from. But, um, you know, from that perspective, I look at rejection and I go, Oh, well, thanks life. You've just, sort of filtered you've done you you've you've filtered out who I am not for and who is not for me and you know and so there's gratitude there and the other piece is that it's become very clear to me as well that like I don't I respect myself and I love myself so much that I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me you know like the idea of that is absolutely crazy whether it's a client or a partner or a friend like I'm if you if you don't love me for me if you don't see me for me if you don't appreciate me for me first and then secondly if if you don't want to be with me you know who I truly am my authentic self 
then why why would I want to be with you? You know, like why why would we be together? Because you know, if you've ever spent time with someone who has sort of begrudgingly or obligingly, you know, showed up, and they're on their phone and they're sort of texting or in their whole another world. You know, you're sort of sitting at the table and you know maybe you're having dinner or something, and they're off in some other world, and you just everything about them says I don't want to be here, and you just know it, right? And and I think about that, and I'm like, why why would I want to be sitting? you know, at this table, having dinner with someone or, or doing life with someone who doesn't want to do life with me. Like that's, it's, it's icky. It's kind of gross. Yes. You know? so, so that has, that has really, really clicked for me. And, and, and so now, you know, I look at rejection. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. On to the next one. Like we weren't a good fit and that's mm. all that means. And right. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I feel those vibes 100%. Actually, talking about the phone that you were just mentioning, Reno, mm -hmm. I have like a, not a rule, but like in my mind, I have a rule that if somebody's constantly on their phone around me, that they're, the, they're not the right person for me. Because one of my love languages, um, as we've talked about in the group, is um, quality time. And so for me, that means that like, yeah, of course you have your phone. Yeah, of course you check messages. But when I'm with friends, or like a romantic partner or anything like that, like I'm engaging with the people that I'm with. Of course I'm accessible if something desperately needs to get answered or whatever, but I'm still 100% there engaging with those people, talking with them. I want to be in that experience with them. And if somebody's not in that experience with you, then they're just kind of taking up space in a spot that somebody else could be spending that time and adding to it. Um, and then, Another thing that I wanted to talk about was um, hindsight is twenty twenty. And when you were talking about looking at somebody and being like, okay, you're not, you know, you're not the right fit. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. when you're like, oh, I get it now because you meet somebody else or something else happens that you're like, oh, this is so much more perfect. So one of the practices I've gotten into is thinking about things like if it's a romantic partner or a friendship or a business partnership or whatever, if things don't go the way I perceive I want them to go and I'm like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. I look at it and go, okay, universe, you got so close. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this. This was fantastic. But these couple of things weren't a great match. So you got so close. I know that the next time you're going to get even closer. Thank you for trying. We're going to get it even better next time. So that it's, it's this, you're working together with the universe and conspiring with the universe to create that even better experience to come with, uh, to come to you because you know that, okay, all right, now this is the next level. This is the evolution. This is like the moving forward. Yeah. I love that. And I just want to say real quick too, on that note, like, my relationship, you know, whether you call it God, source, you know, divine universe, whatever word we have for this, this, this sort of force, this energy, um, you know, this omnipotent, omniscient sort of force that flows through life and supports existence and our, our sort of innate well-being and thriving and health. Um, you know, my faith in that has grown to such a great degree that it's, I can very easily sort of 
give it all up for the most part. I'm not saying it happens all the time. I still find myself trying to control things and I, you know, wanting things a certain way and whatnot. But I think in a big way, recognizing and just seeing the, the, the intelligence of life has allowed me to sort of give that over and go, okay, like I trust that you will put me on the path um, of who I'm meant to be with and what's meant for me. And so, you know, once again, another reason why rejection doesn't hit so hard. It's like, okay, I see, I see what you were doing there. I see what you've done there, you know, and even being in this conversation and what's led me here, like, that that was very little effort a lot of it was just flow you know um mm. and and a series of synchronistic happenings that sort of led me to to this conversation now and you know if we look at our lives and you were talking about sort of you know hindsight being 2020 if we begin to sort of look at our lives we can sort of see that through line of what i would call like grace or providence or whatever you want to call it but it's like ah yeah, you know, when you look back and you're like, uh, that person that I thought I really wanted to be with at the time, thank God I was spared <laughs> because they are so not a fit. And I was so not in my right mind or in my right heart, you know, at that time. And um, you're like, phew, thank God. So, you know, I just learned like, okay, I'm going to trust whatever that is. And, and that has been a game changer for me. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Same, same, yeah. same. I, um, I'm just, I'm experiencing a ton of gratitude right now. And like, yeah, it's crazy. It's overwhelming for me because it's like, I feel so grateful for you guys. This, these are the conversations that I've been wanting to have for years and I've never been able to find it, but it was because I wasn't aligned to it. Right. Because I wasn't aligned to it within myself. And I think, um, it just feels so, so nice. It feels so flowy. Like you, you guys are saying all the things that are leading up to exactly the things I want to say. You're saying the things that are going on in my head and my heart. And, you know, I, <laughs> this exact, exactly what you said, Reno, and then exactly what you said, Callan, and then to build up on it and maybe put it in my own, my own way. So the people that resonate with my energy can understand it. But it's like, you know, I, I, did, I put out this video called how to consciously deal with, with rejection. And it was all about that. It was all about alignment. And you know, when we're aligned, we receive what we're meant to receive, but, and that's when we're aligned, we're in our heart energy, right? When we're misaligned, we're in our ego, right? Our ego has wants and desires and attachments. And it might be, okay, I'm attached to this really muscle guy that my ego wants this muscle guy, but my heart needs this other guy, right? You have these, these, these separate experiences. And a lot of my work has been, you know, to get comfortable with rejection is exactly that. What you said, Reno, it's, it's about alignment and trusting that what I'm meant to have in my life is going to come to me based off of what I need, not what off what I want. So how I've learned to cope with rejection is, is trust and faith right? Trust and faith that I'm being given to me by the universe or by my guides or by God or whatever you believe in, that you're being given exactly what you need in order for you to have the, the, the highest spiritual evolution for yourself, right? And that's, that's the one side of it. And then in the video, I also talked about self-worth and how when, when I didn't have self-worth before, because it was all driven by external validation, hearing a no was so 
fucking painful for me because it was about me. I'm not worthy. I'm not, I, I, I'm not good enough. Right. And it's a, a no was very triggering for me. And I've had to learn how to cultivate self-worth, which was done by, you know, quit looking and, and putting myself in situations where external validation is the number one thing. Cause it's easy to get that right. But when you start to learn how to validate yourself and you have that foundation of, of self-worth, it doesn't, make such a blow to to yourself when you have that that self-worth to fall back onto when you do experience rejection so i would say you know a little bit more trust and faith and and, and start working on on cultivating more self-worth those three things together create a beautiful recipe for learning how to consciously deal with rejection hmm. i wanted to say one of the things that you were talking about um in what you were saying matt is that things happen for you. They don't happen to you. And this has been a perspective that I've taken upon myself that I learned well over a decade ago that everything that was happening in my life was happening for me to experience it, to go deeper, to, to experience whatever I needed to, and that it wasn't happening to me. And it took me from being that victim into being empowered and to have that empowerment in order to change my life because, okay, now these things were happening for me. Well, what does that mean? What can I look at here that I can learn from so that it doesn't happen again? So I love that. I've been uh, taking notes while you guys are talking and this is, you know, perfect. The opportunities here that rejection provides us are self-compassion, um, that filter that Rena was talking about, vulnerability, and uh, the contrast that gives us clarity. So right there, like anyone listening or watching, whatever, however the rejection hurts, I'm not taking away the fact that it does hurt and it's very painful, that 100% is, and that's all very valid, but out of it, there are opportunities. Um, and I think that's very important to look at. I'm curious to ask you guys though, I mean, I think we're all fairly, we all have some kind of spiritual or faith-based practice, but what about for everyone out there who doesn't really speak that language like i was i came from that and when rejection happened to me to me in that victim mode i couldn't see everything that we're talking about like i couldn't see that now of course the irony is it was that great rejection that put me on that path um so again looking at it in hindsight hindsight it makes sense that 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 big terrible moment of my life kind of put me on a path of more intuition uh, faith, energy, and all these great things. But what would you say to someone who hasn't discovered that or isn't really willing to? I, I, I tend to not attract people, or I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the, in the positive. I tend to attract people who have um, some sort of faith-based practice. And by faith-based, that doesn't necessarily need to be religion, spirituality. It just kind of means that they're able to turn themselves over to something greater than them. You know what I mean? And it's like, when you think about it, we, we, we live in a universe where we are this small, tiny, itsy-bitsy planet in a, like a galaxy that has multi-billions of planets. It's like, it's crazy to think about that we would think that we're this small planet, that, that human... The human experience is the the only experience of this universe. You know what I mean? And that science explains everything. It's very it's very um, it's very ego driven for humanity to think that. You know what I mean? So I think for for people that are having this experience, I would encourage them to to start to have more of an experience of their body. 
this for me was a big thing and how I started to develop my spirituality is through the, the mind and my ego and my personas, my facades, my identity, everything came from my self-concept, which was created in my head right about who I was and how I fit into the world around me but when I started to connect to my body and pay attention to sensation and, and perception of, that the body is perceiving um, you start to connect to an intelligence much greater than yourself and for people that are, are very skeptical of you know whether there's a god or whether there's this or that I would say just tune into the intelligence of your body and, and see that there's a lot happening there that is completely out of your control. You're not doing anything. You're not telling your body to breathe or your heart to pump or your cells to divide or your immune system to send white blood cells into your bloodstream. So there's, there's this beautiful intelligence that's taking place um, beyond the control of the human mind. And it's, um, that might be a good place to start in my opinion. Yeah. What about um, others? For me, I came from an absolutely not religious family for generations. Like I think maybe my grandparents might've gone but then they didn't really force it upon my parents and my parents definitely didn't go. So I came from a very like, not atheist background, but like a level of like nothingness. Um, and then growing up gay, I also grew up with this pushback about like stringent religion, like being like, if you subscribe to this, these are all the things that are gonna come along with it. And that didn't vibrate with me. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a very logical based person. And so I would always think of things and go, okay, well, that doesn't make sense that I have to do a certain thing in order to be given granted a certain other thing. Like it made no sense to me. I'm like, but what my mom did is she raised me to have the belief system that if you're a good person and you always try your best and you do what you know to be good, and then you hope for those things in return that that was kind of like our subscription. And as I got older, I applied that to my own kind of a la carte spirituality. I don't subscribe to any religion, but I do subscribe to the belief that there is a greater intelligence more than myself, that there is something other than us that we can't comprehend or that we don't understand yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that there is energy around us and that that energy can be influenced. And um, also on the scientific level of things, they are starting to do studies where they can see that human thought does have vibrations in the real world. Um, things about like changing water molecules and stuff like that. And they can start to see the actual physical proof now. So I apply that to myself and like my spiritual belief of like, okay, if my brain waves have the power to change that water molecule my brain waves have the power to change my surrounding area have the power to change people around me have the power to affect things that go on around me so the more that i can work on being grateful and in that space of gratitude and acceptance of myself it's not perfect trust me i'm constantly not in that space but as long as I remind myself that I can always get back to that space, mm -hmm. even if you fall off the train and you crash and burn and you're at the bottom of the ravine and you're like, oh no, you can come back from it and you can get back on the track and start again. Like there's no wrong way to do life. Um, but in regards to the universe and the spiritual beliefs, I, I meditate. I like to practice that. I, I believe that I have guardian angels and spirit guides and that kind of a thing. And it brings me comfort to know that they are what I've allowed to come to me. I've never 
sought them out. I never thought about them and it just happened organically and naturally. And I allowed that to happen. And to some people that is God, to some people um, that's, you know, the, the religious beliefs and Buddhism and Islam and all these other beliefs. Um, that's their way of connecting. And my way was just an a la carte way that I felt organic with. So you can do it whichever way you want, whatever feels right to you. Your journey is your journey as an individual. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's yours. And because it's yours, it, it's the way that it needs to be for you. I like that. I just want to make one quick point and then I'll let others jump in. But um, for people that are very science based and very, they're in the material world, not the spiritual world, um, I would encourage to explore quantum physics. That was a really cool bridge for me between science and spirituality. It's a, it's a, and there's a movie called What the Bleep Do We Know that is actually quite older. Joe Dispenza's in it and stuff. But it's a really cool video that shows you just how we're all kind of interconnected on this zero point grid and it teaches you about energy and stuff. So yeah, just even, research some stuff about quantum physics it'll give you some good information yeah and and on that note too like there's um oh, what is his name um it might come to me but uh, there's a quote he says um there's way more going on here i think is what is what is essentially what he says <clears throat> and the awareness of that has really helped me give up um, a lot of control. I wanna also backtrack a bit here because I'm thinking about the person who's listening to this right now and who's like, that all sounds great and it feels really good. Um, and something about everything you guys are talking about feels really true. And I'm still like um, deeply impacted by by, you know, rejection or, you know, these are things that I'm still sort of um, connecting to, ideas that I'm still connecting to, but have not yet integrated, right? And so, I, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to even like, you know, 18 to say 24, like I remember I had my awakening, so to speak, um, and to to simply put it, when I refer what when I when I use the word awakening, I think what I'm really speaking to is the recognition that there is so much more going on in the world than meets the eye, um, and really becoming more in tune with like my experience um, emotionally, like really understanding the way my emotions work and the way my thoughts work, and recognizing that I am aware of my thoughts, but I am not my thoughts. I am aware of my feelings, but I am not my feelings. You know, and so. Uh, and and so so came the question like okay if if I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my feelings then like like what am I and who am I, um, and so these are questions that I began to explore around that time period and just sort of recognizing the synchronicity and the harmony of 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 life in the world, um, but at the time you know at the time prior. What I, what I would say to myself and anyone who is still struggling with rejection is it, this sounds so cliche, but it, it gets better. Um, and my experience has been that self-disclosure and self-exposure are the fastest ways to 
um, build that self-esteem, to build that resilience, to build that um, that that connection, to um, to cultivate a relationship with oneself and other and in life that is um, empowered and enlightened. And so, from coming out and and sharing that that I'm gay to and it started with someone safe. I had a, a you know there was a girl. She was one of my best friends, and you know having the space to be able to share with her and knowing that if one person um, was cool with me, and it was the person who happened to be the closest to me, um, if that one person was comfortable with me being gay and would support me regardless, then I didn't really need anyone else. And it just made it easier for me to, you know, to expose myself, to disclose like my truth, the truth of who I am, you know, and, and, um, and so that sort of continued. And, you know, I began continuously putting myself in uncomfortable situations. I mean, it could be something as simple as um, going on Facebook and sharing a bit, about, a bit about myself in writing or on a Facebook Live. It could be having an uncomfortable conversation with a loved one about something I've been thinking or feeling or, um, you know, experiencing my life that feels a bit edgy to bring forth, right? And those small steps, I think, uh, make a world of difference. So outside of, um, you know, a lot of the sort of meta and high level stuff that we've explored, like, you know, bringing it, you know, bringing it down to like ground level. Um, I think for me, a theme that I'm constantly, constantly speaking and inviting is like, um, expose yourself, you know, expose yourself, express yourself, like come out, you know, and that isn't just this notion of coming out is not just exclusive to people in the gay community. I think if you are sure as you are human, you are always coming out, you are always sort of blossoming and exposing more and more of yourself and your true and authentic being. And um, that's going to come with what we perceive as rejection and again simply that's you know someone sort of being a no for or a, a no for what we are or what we bring forth and and again that doesn't mean anything about me it just means we're not we're not a good fit right but we see that everywhere um in nature you know they have like uh animals and sort of their their mating um routine and ritual and I don't know that they make it mean anything. And I mean, we're more complex in, in, in many ways as well, right? But um, if we start to look at it that way, um, you know, and if I knew that now, things would be different. And then the last thing I want to say to that as well is that I think it's important to develop a capacity to really be with who we are and where we're at in this moment and this moment and this moment, right? Um, as we're able to do that, and there are practices associated with that, like meditation, for example, uh, that's a big one because you're basically sitting there for an extended period of time being with everything that comes up. And I think the better we get at that, and, you know, as Matt said earlier, like, um, being like in our bodies and being with the feelings that come up and being able to breathe and expand into that and create space for that, you know, that, that experience, um, the, 
the better our relationship to life becomes and rejection becomes and and to other people becomes as well you know we're taking less of their stuff on we're making less of what's going on outside of us mean so much because we're 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 understanding that it's simply our experience it's our mm. our thinking our feeling what have you and so um yeah i would i would leave that with the people if anything these are things that i you know had i known maybe things would have been different but also again i i learned them at the time i was meant to you know so like where you are right now is okay who you are right now is okay um and you will you know you will get there inevitably and there is 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 ever sort of moving as well and so if we learn to love the journey and the process rejection and all um it's a lot more fun you know you you literally said exactly Mm -hmm. what i wanted to say and i was like yes he's going there Um, (laughs) to add on to it is um actually allowing yourself to feel it and to move through it and that that's okay it's okay that if you're still in that space of that's all great and all guys but I'm still here, feel it, let yourself feel it, let yourself go through the emotions and let it take over your body. If you cry, if you shake, if you, whatever experience that looks like for you, allow that to happen because that's part of being human. And if you don't allow that energy to move through you, it's gonna get trapped in you. And that's what's gonna create these negative experiences because you've not released that energy. It's like. It's like being in a car crash and you go into like the stun mode and your body holds all that tension in instead of just like, you know, they say when people are asleep and they get thrown from a car, whatever, but they're miraculously fine. It's because they weren't holding all that energy in their body went through the process of doing it. And then that's what happened on the other side. So if you let yourself really move through it, find a safe space, whether that's somewhere alone, in your room, on a couch with a blanket, watching. I know I watch like certain movies to trigger me so that maybe I need to have a good cry. Okay, I'm going to watch a scary movie or a sad movie or whatever to trigger those feelings, regardless if I like feel anything in that moment or I need to experience anything. I'm like, I need a good cry trigger it and I let my body go through it and let myself experience it because then afterwards you have that ah, that moment of like you know we've all had those moments where we've had a crazy cry and we're sobbing and it's like the world ending and then like afterwards you're like kind of this empty shell and then the next day you're like I feel so much lighter like I just released all that stuff so that's part of the process is just be where you are let yourself be where you are. Don't push it away. Don't hide it somewhere else. Don't fake it. Don't pretend that you're anything you're not. Go through it. Deal with it now. And then that way you won't have to sort it out later. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, well, guys, we are almost at time. Uh, Matt, did you have any last words that you wanted to add? These guys are, we're just so on the same wavelength. <laughs> I just, I just love it. You guys, like, it's so cool to me. Like I've been craving these conversations for so long and I really hope others in this brotherhood are feeling the same beautiful energy that I'm feeling because this connectedness, this is where the healing happens. You know what I mean? Like my heart feels so connected to your guys' hearts right now. And knowing that I'm not alone in my anxiety, in my shame, in my perfectionism in all these things that I'm learning how to be more functional in my life around. I just, to know that I'm not alone is a huge, huge gift. So thank you guys for sharing um, 
a piece of, of yourself today and being authentic with me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I do want to add one, one more thing for everyone out there who is experiencing uh, this resistance to rejection. I want everyone to remember that we are programmed from a very young age to seek approval and avoid rejection. So it's not going to happen overnight. It took me years. It's still, it, it's something I still struggle with to this day in this moment, very like as we are having this conversation. And so, you know, I always want to tell people, cut yourself some slack, take yourself off the hook. It's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But the great thing is we have each other in this brotherhood and uh, we're here to help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have one last thing I want to share is that um, next week, we're actually going to be hosting a sharing circle online and we invite everybody who's watching to come into the brotherhood to share with us. Uh, we're gonna have all the details. Michael's gonna post all those details coming up. But if you really enjoyed this kind of round circle conversation we have, we're really excited to be able to facilitate that for everybody who's willing and ready to kind of step up and kind of share a little piece of themselves or just need that community, that connection, that support. Um, we're, we're going to be in there facilitating that to make sure that it's a safe space for people to come and talk. And we're going to be talking about the same talk, topic about rejection. So we're really excited to be able to do that. Um, and we're going to have more deal to, details to come, but I just wanted to let everybody know that that's, that's one of the exciting things that we're going to be sharing and doing with everybody. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so look out for those details. It's going to be called the, uh, Gay Ben Going Deeper Zoom Hangout, and I'll be posting it shortly um okay thanks guys it's been a great talk with you all um and i hope to see you soon yeah this was nice guys thanks everybody mm -hmm. have a fantastic day